Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. This is episode 12 of the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew and Matt. And today we are talking about our playthrough of Disc 4 of Shenmue 2. The grand finale, I guess? Yeah. The bonus disc that I didn't even know was playable the first time. It was such a nice surprise. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, we, I forget that we talked about that last episode. Yeah. yeah. So this disc is pretty much all just coming into... Uh, um, is it the Wanzai Fairy that you take? Uh, or is the one Zai Fairy the one that... Yeah, it's one Zai Fairy. I can't remember. <laughs> um, into uh, Guilin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my first note is, that boat sounds like it's on its last legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just chugging. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... It's seen better days, we'll say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely... Uh, it sounds like it's gonna die. My note exactly says, it sounds like it's going to die. Yeah. Rio's gonna have to get out and, like swim behind it and paddle along push um, I really like the the location Guilin is uh, really it's like a unique t- topography it's got these hills that look like oh they're just like little they look like little diglets from Pokemon all the hills <laughs> they're just what's in the background of Mario 3 yeah basically <laughs> I had a friend I worked with somebody uh, who was actually from there and I never got the chance to uh, show her Shenmue 2 because I, like, I, uh, I didn't have a save file in that area at the time that she was working with me but uh, her name was Ling Ling and uh, she was a very unique individual but I wanted, to, I wanted her to see that and tell me how close it was to the actual thing to the actual region and the people but uh, yeah she was really odd she, um, she wanted to hang a turkey outside her window uh, in the winter time to keep it cold and she asked me if it was okay if she could like kill the pigeons in the park and eat them <laughs> and uh, another time she uh we went to a restaurant, and uh, they took a long time to get us our food. So she's just, like, on the way out, she's like, I'm taking this. She t- took a pack of gum. Like, they didn't They didn't say, hey, we'll compensate you. She's like, I'm compensating myself. <laughs> she's just very, like, odd. But I liked her. Ken, what was your response about the pigeons? Now that you brought that up, I need to know. I was like, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> she didn't understand why, but I'm just like, trust me, you're not allowed to kill and eat the pigeons in the park. <laughs> Here in St. John's from Brunswick, we do have a lot of pigeons, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm not going to say I endorse killing pigeons, but uh, we can help control the pet population. <laughs> um, I like, yeah, Quilin looks beautiful in that game, especially, I mean, considering this game came out, you know, almost 20 years ago now, we're in, what, like 16 years ago? Mm. Um,. It was impressive graphically at the time, I uh, and it's it's different than the rest of all of the other discs, whether it's Shenmue One or Shenmue Two. Mm-hmm. It's a completely rural setting. It was, I like that it. That's how they chose to end the game with, you know, yeah. your travels through there, which we'll get to. Um, trying to ask for information in those little like huts in the right when you get off the boat and everyone wants you to buy something before they'll give you information and then I went to the name of it was Langhui shop Mm -hmm. and there was just no one there (laughs) there was no one in the shop yeah I went in there too Um, I thought that was kind of odd I I don't know if they just forgot to put someone in there or if Mm -hmm. it was just intentionally left that way um, but I was talking to one of the kids, and I, I ended up lying to him and telling him my mission was to go fight ogres. <laughs> and and uh, the... Whoa, whoa, that's not what you do in... <laughs> I thought that was the whole point of this game, was to fight ogres. Well, I guess. Lundy's kind of an ogre. Um, <laughs> but uh, the description of the ogres, that the, I can't remember if it was Rio, or if it was uh, the kid who... Um, said this description of, of the ogre is like it, it had horns and tiger skin pants <laughs> well you have a tiger tiger jacket I do 
You don't have horns, though. Mm, as far as you know. I don't know why I'm saying you. It's We're playing in the same character here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you start your travels. You're walking, you're walking, you're walking. But the first time you encounter Shenhua, they make it a point not to show her face until she actually jumps into the water. There's nothing... You're seeing mm. it entirely from kind of Rio's perspective, I guess. But I like that they intentionally did not show it because obviously you know you see her in the dreams and everything so you know it's her if you've been paying attention but does he know it's her that's the thing like mm. as as a third party I guess you know outside the fourth wall mm. we we have that knowledge but it's just someone that's been in his dream and they never address whether or not he remembers the dreams. Yeah, he, they, they don't really give you an indication that he does. And I would... That's kind of the side of the fence I'm on, is I think I don't think that he does. Yeah. He just had the dreams, but doesn't remember them. <laughs> or he doesn't... For some reason, he doesn't connect her to the dreams. Maybe he remembers the concept of the dreams, but he can't quite remember the face of the person in the dreams. That could be it. Um, oh, one more thing about that kid and the ogre. I, t- I, I said, uh, if you tell me how to get to Bay- Bayou Village, I'll bring you back an ogre horn. And he was very excited. He's like, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, the dramatic river rescue. Uh, that was pretty exciting. And, uh... <laughs> but then, um, after that, it's all walk in the woods, which I'm okay with. Yeah, a lot of people don't like the pacing of this game. Uh, there's more action in Shenmue 2 compared to the first one. Mm. And then that action goes for Walk in the Woods. <laughs> um, I don't mind it at all. It's re- almost relaxing a little bit. Because yeah. uh, you get to take your time. If you want to speed it up and avoid the conversation, you can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for this playthrough, I kind of the majority of the time I, I took all the talking options. Um, so yeah, she jumps in the the river. I like that he tells her to let go of the goat or something, doesn't he? And the fawn. Uh, the fawn, yeah. and she she refuses to. Yeah. He's trying to be practical. She's not. She's trying to ultimately do what's right. Oh, there's one point at which uh, Rio actually appreciates beauty. There's like butterflies or something, and he's like, "Oh, it's beautiful." I'm like, Rio. You're showing an emotion. <laughs> Other than revenge and anger. <laughs> thought that was a nice moment for Rio. So, see, maybe he just realized, realized that the average person would think that's beautiful, and he was just stating it as a fact. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is what humans would consider <laughs> beautiful. He's kind of like uh, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. just yeah. doesn't get it. <laughs> Um, so after, once that whole scene is done with the river and all that, when Shenhua asks Ryo where he's from, mm-hmm. uh, and he says Japan, she alludes to the from the east mm. twice afterwards. It's kind of the whole uh, poem or prophecy. Prophecy, that's a good word for it. At the start, she alludes to that twice, mm-hmm. and I, I think she know more. And I she think she's on. She's putting it together. I think <laughs> maybe every person she meets, she's trying to fit them into this prophecy. It's like I'm. <laughs> she could meet someone who's be like, "I'm from uh, such and such village." Oh, that's kind of east. <laughs> he came from the east. <laughs> she just has a compass with her all the time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Japan's not very east. This prophecy sounds like it would be more like if somebody came from America or something. It's very east of Japan or uh, China. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Japan's east, but barely. <laughs> Do you think this is going to be like the... When they say from the east, it'll be like Jurassic Park? Mm-hmm. And like, end up in New York? <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Please, please don't end up in New York. And no dinosaurs. Hey, Shenhua! <laughs> Let's take out Lundi! <laughs> Uh, they changed the QTE sound on this disc. They did. From are all of them different? Uh, maybe, I think they are. Maybe 
It might just be the run through the woods QTEs. Because when you're on the cliffs and you're trying not to fall off the cliffs, those are regular, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they did change it when you're going through the woods. That's weird. It's, I, I like how you can predict the QTEs based on what it's going to be. Yeah, based on their movements. But then they, they uh, change the camera angles up to try to mess with you. Yeah. yeah. So you always know if you're going like under the log, it's going to be down. If you're jumping over the hole, it's going to be A or B or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they show you, they show Shanhua do it first. Yeah. In most scenarios. Yeah, but they keep like they keep switching the camera, so <laughs> you got to really think about it. <laughs> uh, they allude to Bayou Village uh, being around since the uh, Tang Dynasty. I think that's important, and we'll discuss that in our predictions for Shenmue Three episode. Okay. I don't really want to get into any more than that. <laughs> you got a big scoop. You got a big theory. X Files. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so there's a there's also besides the butterfly thing, there's also Firefly Spring, which I think we saw in the Shenmue Three, one of the Shenmue Three promos. I wonder if it's the same if they go back there or if there's another one. They might. Yeah. Again, we'll kind of avoid the. The Shemo three, but yeah, it's it might be the same one, but it's it's that's something nice to show off the graphics of Shemo three. Mm-hmm. It's nice little little ditty. Um, this is something about again us living in Canada when they talk about the fire and deer leading villagers to the spring of water. Mm. It sounds like one of the heritage moments that we used to have on TV. <laughs> yeah. When we put this up on YouTube, I'll see if I can link uh, one of those in, or put one of them in the description. There are these just... I don't want to say corny, but we used to have these historic little interlude commercials here in Canada. Mm. Um, and it, it reminded me of one of those specifically. Which one? Uh, I think it's the one where the family has to douse themselves in water all night. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the river. <laughs> um, oh, I... You have to do that whole running through the forest thing uh, twice. you got to do it once in the dark, where the they use the dark to obscure what Shenhua is doing, kind of make it harder for you. And, like, you're racing against time to get to this cave. So what happens if you fail too many of those? Anything? Do you still make it, or do you have to do it all over again, or what? It- I, I don't know. I don't... Hmm. They're just too easy to pass. I've never actually yeah. thought of intentionally yeah. like messing them up just to see what would happen. Hmm. Maybe the next time I play through it, I'll do it. Try to do the failingest playthrough ever. <laughs> Fail. Well, everything. by the sounds of the way you yeah, talk about QTEs, <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be doing that for us. Yeah, that's half the time, yeah. Uh, Matt, do you know who holds back the electric car and who makes Steve Gutenberg a star? Uh, the, uh, the the Secret Society and from the Simpsons. Stonecutters. <laughs> yeah. Do you know whose dad's a stonecutter? No. Shanhua's. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. weird, I wonder if he made those weird little statues in the cave. He, he must have. <laughs> but yeah, just the way when they said stonecutter, that's all I could think of. <laughs> we do. We do. Take, take off the stone of uh, whatever and attach the stone of whatever the other, the larger one was. Um. So yeah, inside the cave there's all these little statues, but I don't think there's any way to ask her about them. I don't know what they mean. Who put them there? I don't think you can pick them up either, can you? you can no, he don't. Them. You don't even remark on them. Like Rio doesn't. You can notice them, but he doesn't. <laughs> and they could have been put there by someone else, but more likely they were just there. I think. Uh, my next note was QTEs just keep disc four interesting. <laughs> um, they're just a way to kind of make it interact. Yeah, uh, you see a lot of this now with, especially with like the Telltale games, like the Walking Dead games, um, the Batman games, um, the new Guardians of the Galaxy one that's coming out. They, the story kind of progresses, and you interact with it as it goes on, almost. And I found Disc Four is is reminiscent of those, mm. or those are reminiscent of Disc Four, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, are you at the cave yet in your notes? My next note is about the cave, yeah. Okay. Um, when you're talking to her about your friends and uh, the Nozomi theme comes on when you're talking about Nozomi, uh, I didn't have a save file from a previous game to use since this is a UK version of the game and uh, my uh, Shenmue 1 is American or whatever. So so I couldn't bring my save file over. So this, this you know, I start with whatever you default start with in this game. And if you'd go with the default, I assume, canon storyline, Ryo took the good picture <laughs> from Nozomi. The one of the two of them together, you mean? The one of the two of them close together. Yeah, that's the one that Ryo has. Poor, huh. poor Nozomi. <laughs> She's stuck with this, like picture with the coldness between them. <laughs> Real so, jerk. are you talking about the you, when you alluded to the caves, you met the cave when you spent the night? Yep. Okay, so I do have a, a note about that. Uh, when she asks, when Shenhua asks, where did Nozomi go? And he says, Canada. Mm-hmm. What does what does Shenhua say? Canada, <laughs> which also alludes to another one of those oh. heritage moments that we have here in uh, here in Canada. I just I cracked it up because or cracked me up because I'm making my notes as I'm playing through. I'm like I didn't think I'd ever make a heritage note, and then I made two of them off of one disc. Canada. Very the village, <laughs> the people. <laughs> I will definitely put that one in the link on the YouTube. Yeah, you have to now. Um, and if once you watch them, just keep going through them because they are fantastic. They're all gold. <laughs> they are comedy gold. Um, there's already a fire pit in that cave. Yeah. So who, did, who did that? Uh, it seems like she's been in there before, but I don't think she made that most recent fire. So yeah, I guess just travelers. <laughs> she can't be the only one who travels the paths. Do you think it might have been uh, someone on the way to the the stone pit? Maybe someone evil. No, I was thinking more cool Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, someone left a boombox in this cave. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see James Reiner's video of that? No. When he went to. Uh, Pax or something. Mm-hmm. He dressed up as the, is it the Skull Crew or something from the new Pokemon Te- game? Team Skull. Team Skull. But he had the boombox <laughs> blasting that walking through the. Uh, oh God. The conference hall. He had that song. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to look for that. Um, just while you're sitting around the fire, once you collect all the sticks, uh, Shenhua alludes to this being destiny mm-hmm. again kind of pointing forth that she might be recognizing what's happening mm-hmm. yeah she's starting to suspect uh, for her sake I hope that Rio is her uh, chosen promised one or whatever she's going to be real disappointed I'm sure she's been waiting for that prophecy to come true for a long time um what if he wasn't? What if we're playing a game of somebody who has no like great destiny? <laughs> <It's> just like <laughs> just a dude. <laughs> it's just like playing as Luigi and Mario. Yeah, <laughs> he's just out along for the ride. <laughs> uh, it's actually Ren who's the, from the prophecy. Um, so yeah, he shows her the Nozomi picture. He shows her the Zhu Ying picture. I'm like, Rio, you trying to make her jealous or what? <laughs> He's such a player. Yeah. Uh, when they when Rio's doing the Tai Chi on the cliff, I love how the camera's panning around him. Mm-hmm. Just the cinematography of That's that an shot. Epic shot. It's nice. Very nice. nice. Probably one of the most epic in between the two games, I would say. Yeah. What Just a, the backdrop too adds to it, right? Whenever somebody cr- like creates a retrospective video on Shenmue, they always use that shot. Any sort of advertisement or whatever. Um, she wakes up Rio with her singing at one point, um, and you can interrupt her singing. Did you? Or you can listen the whole way through. I think I listened. Yeah, me too. It's better than being woken up by Cool Z with a boombox. <laughs> 
Hey you. Um So when you get to the forks in the road the next morning when you leave again and uh it gives you the map um option, the map capability where you can mark things on the map. Do you ever use that? No, I just remembered which way I was going. Yeah, it's not that hard to remember where you're going. Because it, it, the map does draw the paths that you've been on, but you're also allowed to like mark specific things on the map, which I didn't really understand what they wanted me to do with it, so I didn't do it, and I didn't seem to need it. When you're going on that part of the walk, Shanhua talks about bears and how a mother will risk its life to protect its children, and Ryo repeats that, and that's exactly how this whole saga starts. What do you mean? In the dojo, in episode, like in Shenmue One. Oh, Iwa yeah, yeah. Um, risks his life mm-hmm. to protect Diosan. <laughs> Diosan. Hi, Dio. Iwa's Iwa's a he's a good mother bear. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the, the all these areas are nice, despite the old graphics now. They're still pretty nice. They can get some nice uh, vistas and sense of uh, nature <laughs> through these old graphics. At the time, it was state-of-the-art, but even, even like five or six years after it came out, I was still like, this could stand up to any game of today, but now, now it obviously can't, but I still like it. When you're going across the rock bridges, yeah, they take away the save feature. Oh, really? Yeah, and it never—I never noticed it before. I was just trying to save in case something happened. I could just literally pick up right where I left off. And I thought that was like, "Hey, this is kind of weird," but it's smart game design. And yesterday, uh, we're recording this on April 2nd, is it? Mm. Um, I'm playing through Breath of the Wild, and I'm going through the uh, part where you have to rescue the Gerudo girl in the ninja cave. Mm. Um, and it doesn't let you save while you're going through it until you're actually done it. You can save anywhere in that game. Hmm. I was like, oh, huh, kind of parallels to this, but again, good game design, because then it takes the quote-unquote cheapness out of it, right? Where you can just get past one guard or one set of QTEs save and keep going yeah I don't th- I don't think I failed that part at all so I didn't see him fall to his death that's the one you're talking about right yeah yeah um have you ever seen him fall to his death is it pretty dramatic <laughs> uh I've seen him fall <laughs> you just hit the spikes at the bottom <laughs> there's no spikes In it's not like Mortal Kombat yeah uh, well, before that, I think there's a there's another QT where you're jumping across rocks, but it's just like rocks on a river. And if you slip and fall in, you have to retry, even though you didn't die. Like you're just standing in the river and you're all wet. You're like, oh, it's like retry so as not to embarrass yourself, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I like how they made it a point to put that in one of those. It's in the Kickstarter announcement trailer. Mm. Hopping across the rocks. Yep. Um, did you choose to look at the waterfall with her when you had the chance? Yes. Like, take the detour? Yeah. 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 Same here. I don't remember if I did that the first time, though, because it seemed new to me. Can't remember. Might just have been a long time since I played this disc. Um, there's at one point where, uh, there's a river that they, I don't think they actually drink from it, but she says you can drink from it. And this is the 80s, and I'm wondering if that's still the case. Like, if there's rivers in Guilin right now that you could drink out of, with all the, you know, the industrialization that China's gone through and all the pollution that's there and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if there's any clean rivers anymore in China. They're talking at some point after the waterfall scene, uh, where Rio thinks he was drawn to Guilin. He said that he doesn't think their meeting was just a coincidence. So maybe he's starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together as well. Hmm. It's shortly before you get to her house, that part. 
Um, there's one part where you need to take another detour to see some flowers. Um, and then uh, I think on the way there or something, uh, Rio, bring, uh, Rio brings up that Nozomi gave lilies to his dad. And she she does kind of start to get jealous. She's like, are you talking about Nozomi again, basically? <laughs> like, she kind of gets short with him for bringing up Nozomi again. Uh, when you eventually, or finally, I should say, I get to her house, um, talking about the... Spoiler here. Mm. The Shenmo tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, she just says that it holds a special meaning to her. And that kind of parallels the cherry tree holding a special meaning to Rio. Mm. And they're very similar in appearance. Yeah, Shenmue tree is just like a gigantic cherry tree, it looks like. Uh, there's a color-changing spring of water. Did you see that? I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> That's about the industrialization. <laughs> Look, there's like... Patches of, of pollution going through it. Um, and uh, there's the rocky... Yeah, oh yeah, when you brought up the rocky area that you can fall to your death in, and like the wind um, carved the rock, I'm surprised she knew that. That's a very scientific explanation for the rocks. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm wondering if there's any area like that in real life, because that'd be really neat to see. Um, the Hopewell Rocks here in New Brunswick? <laughs> well, they're not quite like that, but... <laughs> uh, and, uh... There's a, there's a, there was a path that, uh, you could... There's, like, a detour. I think I mentioned it already, where you take a path and there's, like, all these dandelions. And, um, it's, uh, it's if you take the left side, you, you go to see these dandelions. And, like, Shenhua can make the dandelion scenes, seeds fly away with her mutant power. <laughs> <laughs> she's an X-Men <laughs> basically like she just like concentrates and all the uh, the dandelion seeds all go floof and then Rio's like whoa how'd you do that and Professor X shows up yeah <laughs> yeah they talk about how that's how she does it and he has to pick them up individually and blow on them that's how he has to do it <laughs> yeah she definitely has some sort of connection with nature mm-hmm. um, other than her name which is my next note mm-hmm. uh, Shen Hua is a flower from the Shen Mu tree makes sense um, it only sense. took you know two full games to understand why this game's called Shen Mu <laughs> people just think it's about a whale at SeaWorld um, <laughs> and mispronounce the name a bunch uh, but you finally get that little bit of payoff uh, with regards to why it's called Shenmu. <laughs> do we get a payoff? Do we understand why it's called named after this tree? I don't think we do. Well, yeah, but the games outside the fourth wall. <laughs> We're playing this as a form of entertainment, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I just—they could have named it anything, but they chose that tree. I don't know. Um, probably because it has meaning. <laughs> yeah, but. We, yeah, but you said we under we finally understand the meaning, and I don't think we do. Understand? No, the meaning of the name. Yeah. It's just that it's named after this tree. We know the reference of the name. Yeah, I guess. Um, they redid the carrot memory from the first game for some reason with uh, your father. I don't know why. <laughs> and the thing is, it um, I thought that was a weird choice. Because you don't necessarily see that memory in the first game. It must be an important one, then, because they really want you to see it. Because you can, you can skip that if you don't look at the, the table. Yeah. Uh, there's a book about constellations uh, in her dad's house, or her house, I guess. Which I think might be important, uh, because the... Uh, Phoenix Mirror, when, they, when you're back in Dragon Street... At Ren's hideout, it shows the Big Dipper as part of something, so that might be reference material for the two of them to find where they should be going next. Mm. Um, I've completely forgot that Shenhua was adopted. Um, so I assume her like real family somehow important to this whole uh, legend, like her, like her. Uh, lineage or whatever she's probably royalty or something 
Yeah. Um, Rio says he feels connected to the tree. And uh, again, we don't really know what that means. But that's interesting. I think they're overall alluding at the connection to her. Hmm. Um, so at Iwa had both mirrors. Yeah. Um, Why didn't he end the world? <laughs> yeah. No, he wouldn't end the world. <laughs> no, he, I don't think he would. Uh, I just put that down as a note. And again, I don't... We'll talk about it in our discussion of what we think will happen in the third one. I think there's more to these mirrors than... Not necessarily to the mirrors, but the people around them. Mm-hmm. And then my next one was, what happened to her dad? Why is he gone? Who took him? Hmm. Did somebody take him? Did somebody take him? Because he left a note like he was leaving or something. So I don't think anyone took him, really. Maybe he just jumped off one of those <laughs> cliffs into the, into the water. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is kind of rewinding from there, but I was like, Rio, why don't you help her make food? <laughs> help her make dinner. You both were walking in the woods for a long time. You're both exhausted, but now she has to cook and you get to relax, you jerk. <laughs> He's just in there reading the newspaper, watching TV. <laughs> the sports are on. <laughs> the sports are on. Um, her dad wouldn't let her in the secret part of the cave and wouldn't tell her about the mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's reasonable to think that her dad... Because keep in mind, she's adopted. Mm. So whatever power, or whatever we want to call it, that she has... Is it too much of a coincidence that her dad, you know, has all these dealings with the mirrors? No. <laughs> it's got to be all connected somehow. Yeah, but, like, did he know? He's, he's basically Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Take never care seen of the Star- special kid. I've never seen Star Wars. I don't get that reference. Oh, never mind. Sorry, Internet. I've never seen Star Wars. Uh, Other than Episode 1, which apparently is the best one I've heard. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Well, Jar Jar's in it, right? Oh. Fan favorite. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Starting fires. Yeah. So, uh, again, my, I'm still behind you on my notes. Uh, the there's a painting. Did you look at the painting in uh, in her in her place? Where um, I'm, trying, I'm forgetting if this like because that wouldn't make sense. I'm thinking if you look at this painting, it triggers a flashback. But how could it? How could Rio trigger a flashback of her as a child? I did look at everything on the walls. There's a, my playthrough was a little while ago, so not too... The, for some reason, there's a... I can't remember how this comes up, but there's a flashback to baby Shenhua. Did you see that? Is she, like, in a, on a swing or something? Uh, on the tree? Yeah, and and her real parents are there. And you're in a completely different place, which I think is called Lo, Lo Yang. There's a painting of it. Um... It looks like an ancient... It almost looks like an ancient Chinese city. Like something you'd see in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something. But, yeah. I can't remember how that triggers. Because it wouldn't make sense for Ryo to remember her memory. Um, uh, yeah, her father had the blueprints for the mirror. I don't I don't know if that means he make, made them. That would mean they're... Like, I got the feeling they were ancient, but... Maybe maybe he just made them recently. Uh, and also, he goes in the stone pit for days at a time, and she doesn't get worried. She's like, eh, it's no big deal. Um, There's just so much I want to know. Yeah, this, this last little bit introduces so many mysteries. And I, I hope... I hope that he remembers to pick them all up. I hope he doesn't drop them, you know, drop any of them. It's been quite a while... I can understand how he'd forget. But well, our next episode is going to be talking about the uh, Kickstarter update, mm. the recent one, uh, where they showed you know the second development one. Yeah, and they do have a lot of reference material in it. Yeah, so I think they're doing their best because it has been such a long time to avoid plot holes and stuff. Well, that's good. Do you have any more notes for this one? I just have one more, but we'll let you catch up. All right. Um, so he, yeah, 
Shinhua's adopted father leaves the sword, uh, which you use to uh, do that mystical puzzle thing. But I'm wondering if you'll get to like wield the sword in the next games at all. Like, will there ever be sword battles? That'd be cool. It would be, but Ryo doesn't really he doesn't want like to kill anyone other than Londi. Yeah. It kind of looks like a Power Ranger sword. <laughs> it looks like a huge version of the dragon flute. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> Ryo just summons dragons or <laughs> Step on Londi. Uh, that's what the dragon mirror is. Oh my god. It's the dragon zord mirror. This makes sense now. <laughs> And the Phoenix Mirror, I, I don't know where that comes into Power Rangers, but... Who knows? But what, yeah, what are the big versions of the mirrors for? What purpose could they possibly serve? Yeah, this whole cave poses way more questions than yeah. it answers. Um, I really, I really don't know. Oh, the biggest question for Shenmue 3 that I want to I wanna know is will that lunch pail still be on that table <laughs> where she left it. If they leave that lunch pail on that table, we'll know they're paying attention. <laughs> That'll just be like rotten meat on the table. The sword is called the Sword of Seven Stars, mm -hmm. which also alludes to the Big Dipper. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely constellations and all that stuff is definitely coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I just, I want to know what love is. Yeah, that too. But <laughs> yeah, I just want to know, I want to, want to know where the next game picks up. I want to know, you know, will the cave layout be, be identical? <laughs> um, I don't know, what did you, what did you feel about this ending the first time? When it suddenly just, everything was supernatural all of a sudden, after none of that being in the other games. Again, this isn't the supernatural of the first part, though, because you see that with the mirror when you're on Dragon Street. What? But when when you have... When you go back to Rent's uh -oh. hideout after you rescue the guy. I don't think I took that as supernatural, though. There's a little bit of it there, but... I don't want to use the word disappointed. It was different. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily where I expected the game to go. Mm-hmm. Now, with my feelings regarding the actual ending, obviously it's a cliffhanger. Um, I was fine with it till that day I was in Zellers. Or, uh, no, excuse me, no, not Zellers. Um, till the day I read somewhere that Shenmue 3, I think it was... It was even before I had the internet. I was at my aunt's place hmm. uh, browsing the internet, and Shenmue 3... They announced, like, well, didn't officially announce, but it kind of went into development hell. I say that in air quotes. Yeah, it was never officially canceled, really. And well, it wasn't canceled. The sixteen-year mm. development cycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's when the ending. When I read that, then I immediately felt I don't want to say ripped off, but I felt different about the ending. Mm -hmm. You. Um. Yeah, I hated. I hated that it went supernatural. <laughs> when my first playthrough, uh, I was like, "Oh, damn it! <laughs> I don't know if I want to go where this is going." And then the Shenmue Online trailer had everybody throwing Hadoukens, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't what I want for Shenmue." But uh, I think enough time has passed that I'm okay with it now. I've just come to accept it as part of the story. The story is having to do with legends and supernatural things and so I'm okay with that now I'm okay, I think I'm okay with it my my biggest, I don't want to use the word gripe, but I guess yeah, gripe is a good word, they went to such great extent mm. to make everything about this game so real Yeah. and then at the end, oh magic sword <laughs> um, and again I don't want people to think that Matt and I are hating on this game because obviously I think we both said the Shenmue series is our favorite game of all time Yeah, um, it's just an odd I think it was an odd choice mm -hmm. to that, go from what they intended to do not saying that they didn't intend the ending hmm. but so carefully doing everything 
that's why I liked the series is because I wanted a Japan simulator. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just like I'm living in Japan. But uh, yeah, I really appreciated it for its grounded groundedness compared to other video games. But I can appreciate this part of it too. Even though there is supernatural stuff, I think it's going to be sparse going forward, like you know, like just for big moments. That's what I literally was just going to say for big moments, yeah. verbatim. Um, like it's not going to be like that Shenmue Online I trailer. Hope, I hope what you're saying is so right. Firing I, energy beams. <laughs> firing energy beams. Kamehameha. <laughs> Rio will go Super Saiyan. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really hope it's sprinkled in mm-hmm. and used sparingly. So, overall, your thoughts on Shenmue 2? Uh, I like it quite a bit. Not as much as the first game. It's a little bit too big, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, I know that's what they're going for. China's a big place. Hong Kong's a big place. Um, I just didn't, I didn't like being getting lost. I didn't like all the load times. I bet if the load times weren't there... If it was one big open world, I'd be completely fine with the size of the game. But they are there, and they're so constant that it just makes... It deters me from wanting to go to the next area. I'm like, uh, what else can I get done where I am now? <laughs> like, uh, the stories... Uh, I like where the story's going now. <laughs> I didn't originally. I like the characters a lot in this game. Um, yeah, I'd say the characters in this game are better than the characters in the first game. Like Fukusan and Ine-san and Nozomi and Goro, they're okay, but they they don't hold a candle to like per, like personality-wise to Joy and Ren and Zhu Ying. They're all way more interesting, way more complex. And uh, I agree. Yeah, I think in the first one, because they knew it was going to be just that one chapter. They, there was only so many things they could do with the, the secondary characters mm-hmm. because you're not going to really probably not going to interact with Fukusan and, and Nozomi and all of these characters Tom <laughs> Tom yeah I mean there's the phone card thing that's going to happen which is pretty cool mm-hmm. especially if you get the original voice actors <laughs> please get the original voice actors um <laughs> But yeah, the characters, the secondary characters in the second game are fleshed out much more. There's still a little bit of mystery around Ren. There's still a little bit of mystery around Joy. Mm-hmm. Still a little mystery around Zhuang, around Wong, around every character. Eileen. <laughs> Eileen. Cool Z. <laughs> Sam and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Larry. Yeah, it's... Um, I, w- I do wish Guizang was in this game. I liked him from the first. I get con- is it Guizang? Because there's a Guizang in this game too, the old lady. Yeah, I, I believe. Unless I'm getting their names wrong. No, you. I think they're pronounced slightly differently. So, very slightly. Yeah. But yeah, Guizang. Yeah. I, I wish he had come with Rio like he uh, originally planned to. That would have been cool. Well, I guess you do get your, your buddy in this, you get Ren. <laughs> I would like to see Guizhang come back, though, in the third one. I think that would be a very interesting dynamic between the three of them. Yeah. With Guizhang and Ren being so different. Mm-hmm. But we'll save that for True. for our discussion of... I keep getting into that by accident. <laughs> now, when we get to that episode two, that episode might be a little bit different because... One of us is going to have to go first mm-hmm. when we talk about it. So I think we want to design that episode a little bit differently where one of us does our whole thoughts mm-hmm. and has everything already written down and then whoever goes second cannot be influenced by that first person. <laughs> like, I don't know. It'll be tough to do. I don't want to do it as two episodes because it's that kind of defeat the purpose a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be a bit different when we get there. <laughs> Our next episode is going to be um, the about the second development Kickstarter update. 
So, yeah, my thoughts on Shenmue 2 overall, very similar to Matt's. Still probably like the first game a bit more. Um, this one was a bit bigger, a lot of load times. But that those load screens are part of the charm of this game. Yeah. I want to see less of them in the third one, <laughs> but I want them to be the same. Yeah, agreed. I like how they're doing them, interspersing them in the Kickstarter update, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little let down by the ending, but that's not really the ending, it's just the ending of that game. And I'm interested to see where, where we go from here. Cool. Did we assign like a numbered rating to the first game? I don't think we did. So or let's did let's let's do that. So <laughs> out of we'll use a hundred point scale. Okay. So we can be as accurate. What would you give the first game out of one hundred? Now are we doing this as it was as we're rating it when it came out or rating it today? We can do both. Okay. Right. My feelings on it when it first came out on the first game, 100 out of 100. <laughs> I loved that game. I lived that game for quite a while. I would say 100 out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, a meager 98 out of 100. <laughs> uh, the, like... It's really the only thing I can knock the first game for still is uh, just the passage of time has not been that kind to it, and that's not its fault. But, yeah, the graphics aren't as pretty... When you said the passage of time, I thought you meant the passage of time in the game. No, no, no. (laughs) No, that's fine. I like that. I like not being able to skip and having to go, like, practice my moves and explore. Um... Yeah, what about you right now? I would... There's certain... There's one aspect of that first game that I absolutely detest, and it's getting on the motorcycle to go and save Nozomi. <laughs> that, I give that specific part like a 10 out of 100. Um, <laughs> looking back at it, some of the dialogue is weird. I would say... 90... See, now you've already given your score, so I feel bad giving it a lower one. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, I would say, like, 95 out of 100. Oh, sacrilege. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> right under the bus. Get him, Ma. Um Now, the second one, when it came out. Mm-hmm. I would say I would have given it a 95 out of 100. Um, pretty much all my criticisms that I just said were what I felt uh, on my first playthrough as well. So yeah, too big. Um, too many load times. Not enough uh, uh, intimacy in the world like you felt. It just felt a little bit less full of life than the first game. Even though it's bigger. I would want to give it a lower mark than 100 out of 100. Um, and just because we didn't get it in English out of spite, um, now the English voice acting people, a lot of people prefer the Japanese with the English text. But I would say when it came out, I would still have to give it 100 out of 100 back hmm. then. Okay. What about now? You go first. I would give it. I would say. I would do the same. I would say 95 out of 100. Um, so you don't feel any differently from then to now on this game? No, because I gave it 100. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. I would say there are some flaws, but none of them are game-breaking for me. None of them... They're all... It's kind of like how a lot of the reviews are for the new Breath of the Wild game, where people are like, yeah, there's the frame rate stops at some points mm. but it doesn't affect the overall experience of this game um, yeah I, I just think there are flaws but the flaws don't take me out of the experience Okay, if that makes sense now I know you're I think you're going to give a lower score yeah not terribly low uh, I'll give Shenmue 2 now uh, 87 out of 100 <laughs> I dip below 90 um, and yeah, just for all the reasons I already said during this episode, I just, uh, the passage of time is making, 
It's making me look harsher upon this game compared to the first one, I think, for some reason. I guess it's just the nostalgia is stronger for the first game. And nostalgia is sustaining me. <laughs> and I don't have as much nostalgia for the second game. I think, I think nostalgia happens a lot for when people rate video games, and especially when they're rating games from the same series. Mm-hmm. You'll often see, for example, the Mario 3 versus Super Mario World. Yeah. People that grew up, assuming both people had an NES, people that switched to a Genesis, generally in the Mario 3 camp, people that continued on and got a Super Nintendo, generally in the Super Mario World camp, mm-hmm. because nostalgia is different for those people. And I think... And I hope that when Shenmue 3 is finally released, obviously I want this game to do as well and get critically acclaimed. Do I think it's necessarily going to? Maybe not. Because there are going to be some challenges with if whether or not there's HD releases. Mm-hmm. Saga. <laughs> Saga. E3 2017. Saga. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I don't know, I hope Nostalgia has a positive impact on this. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add for this episode? No, I think that's good. All right, well, we'll plug our social media. Uh, so we are AM2, youtube.com slash ShenmueAM2podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at ShenmueAM2pod. We are ShenmueAM2podcast at gmail.com for our email. We had some issues with our Facebook. We're straightening that out. We need to talk to Facebook about it. Um, so that may end up just getting run from uh, Matter Eye's personal account or both of us. We'll figure that out as we go. Um, we are Shenmue AM2 podcast on iTunes. Please, you know, subscribe. Thumbs Five up. stars. Five stars. It helps, us. it helps us get visibility. Yep. So that's it for this week, I think. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors for this week. Asia Travel Company. Wait a minute. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 